0: Hey guys, I am super stoked to let you know that longtime friend of the show and all-around great dude, Christopher Moreno, has become the first regular sponsor of the Liberty Tree podcast. Chris is a realtor at Surterra Properties in Orange County, California, and he specializes in residential real estate. I have personally known Chris since I was 18 years old and can say without hesitation that he is one of the most honorable and loyal friends that I have ever had. If you were to hang out with Chris for five minutes, you would see that other people feel the exact same way about Chris. He's probably one of the most likable people on the planet. And it's no shock that he's in the top 1% of realtors in Orange County. You know, we talk a lot on this show about the dismal state of affairs here in California. And from time to time, I entertain the idea of moving to another state. But at the end of the day, I always come back to the idea that I'm just too much of a stubborn prick to leave. You know what I mean? I'm not leaving.
1: I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! They're going to need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. <laughs> They're going to need to send in the national guard a fucking SWAT team, because I ain't going no way.
0: Fuck them! I mean, let's face it. The socialists are coming for every red corner of every purple state, and they are not leaving any rock unturned. If we want an end to tyranny, we need to fight it right here where we stand, and we have to destroy it. So if you want to come to California and help us fight this fight, or if you're already in California and you just want to relocate and live in a more conservative community than you currently do, Orange County might be the place for you, and Chris Moreno is definitely the guy to help you do that. Chris and his team bust their asses for all of their clients, from condos to oceanfront homes, bungalows to bayside. No matter your criteria, Chris will work to get you and your family into the right place for you guys.
1: You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see, where it's on, uh, now look, here's a house full of been. bees. You think I the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a listen, shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, a Thanks for that, uh, yeah, a <laughs> way. Way. oh. I actually I know, I I the
0: the stand up and proudly say, God bless you. God bless you. i got a to I'm And I'm proud of you.
1: I'm you. I've got on
2: Did this song get used for, like, a car commercial or something like that? Or, like, some just lame-ass <laughs> tech company or something? Well,
0: that's it's what they do with music, right? right? So I'd be surprised if it didn't. If not, then
2: someone's missing the boat because that song is a fucking It is a jam. Banger. That song is actually a little bit of a reminder. Uh, that's Devo, for those of you who don't know what that is is as a kid, because growing up in a small town, um, by the time things filtered down to us, it was, um, we weren't really... On the ex- cutting edge. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, as a kid, um, I was notoriously into, like, the uncool eras of bands. So yeah. I got the, uh, one of the first tapes I ever got was Devo the Shout album. And so when I could get older, like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I grew up on Devo, I love Devo. And then yeah. you start talking, they're talking about, like, that song yeah they're and not like, really <laughs> i don't think i've heard that <laughs> and i was really into like the first couple albums like after kiss took off their makeup <laughs> right and i was like oh dude kiss was there. i was like totally like animalized yeah. what a great album <laughs> they're wearing like zebra pelts and stuff
0: dude you know what's funny our hometown uh is y- you're right about that mm-hmm. as far as music and kind of pop culture in general goes yeah. it's you know, it's a country town so pop culture isn't all that popular right it's kind of uncool and, and to degree but then when you leave there like you realize that you're uncool because you didn't get exposed to yeah stuff in the right order but we've always said at least i think me and your brother used to talk about this but i want to say you were in on this too that a lot of trends started in our hometown hmm. wearing camouflage as a fashion Happened. I don't think
2: it I don't think I think they just wore a camouflage. It was <laughs> exactly it that's how it
0: became yeah. a fashion, right? Just like uh Gavin McInnes's blue collar chic or whatever he's trying to promote right now. Yeah. We wore camo to school because well not we, I I really didn't, but the dudes that were growing dope out in the hills. Needed to be camouflaged, <laughs> <laughs> and they would come to school reeking like marijuana. Yeah, in their camo still.
2: <laughs> so. Also, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't know. I thought it was just kind of normal that people rode their four wheelers to school. Yeah, <laughs> we started old, that. We started that trend as realized well. Realized that wasn't <laughs> a thing either. Your uh, five
0: hundred thousand dollar tractor <laughs> with air conditioning and Bluetooth.
2: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, man. So we're not all backwards. Nope, there. nope. So I'm, uh, I'm overcoming. I got, I, I'm kind of bummed. I broke. I was on a four year streak without being sick. Yeah. And just got nailed with a flu this week. Yeah. It was only. I don't think it was even the flu. It was just like a twenty four hour bug that just. If you meant influenza, then no, I don't think it was. No. But
0: the flu is kind of a colloquial
2: <clears throat> term these yeah. days for yeah my uh my son had it. He was knocked out for a day just a 24 hour bug and and uh, it was kind of funny because I was thinking about that. I just I was like, man, I don't even remember the last time I was sick I mean it's been four or five years I think. yeah,
0: you do not get sick very often
2: yeah and uh, this I actually woke up I was like man I am dragging ass and I texted everyone I'm like I'm gonna I'm kind of running a little slow here. I'll, I'll see you guys when I see you and just went straight back to bed and I didn't get out of bed for uh, the entire day. Yeah, didn't eat didn't do anything puked all night once I puked I was fine But it was just like a body flu which I've had before I recognized as soon as I tried to get out of bed. I was like, oh man, I know what this is So I think I
0: got the same thing that that you guys had but because I'm on um, this drug this superhuman Drug Mm -hmm. that I'm taking right now. What was that movie with? uh, Bradley Cooper? limitless yeah yeah i'm on that drug
2: nice yeah
0: although it doesn't affect my brain so just the rest i'm not smarter i'm actually dumber (laughs) by a long
2: shot but that's the sequel it's called limited (laughs) (laughs) just not as popular Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of like <laughs> I mean a guy is not as good looking as Bradley Cooper and he's not smart either. But uh, other than that, I mean, kind of the same plot. I mean, he he feels like it on the inside. Uh, yeah, on, he on the uh, outside. He's the drug dealer,
0: for yeah. example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, can only go right.
2: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get into the financial sector. He's a general contractor. So <laughs> it's re- chosen really wisely uh, how to use this superpower. Yeah, it went straight to TV. Dude, yeah. I went
1: into
0: <laughs> I went into the gym the other day and just felt like a fucking god, like just ready to rampage mm-hmm. in there. And I was running around, we were warming up, and I was just yelling like, "Who wants some?" <laughs> and then like flat fast forward like. 20 minutes later and i'm just getting like choked (laughs) out like left and right (laughs) so i feel like a god but i cannot back that up with my actual behavior however uh i have i think been like i haven't been sick but i've been kind of feeling like the same kind of stuff that you were talking about just very very slightly and i think it's the fact that i'm on this prednisone that it my body is just like fuck that shit and just like yeah, And I got, everyone got sick around us, had that cold that, yeah. I mean, my boy is still waking up at four in the morning, coughing his right. lungs out. He's it's like been three weeks now. The wife, Gertrude, is also just yeah. completely, you know, suffering still. And I, I got sick and it lasted about 12 hours.
2: Right. And I was like, all right, back to work. Let's do this. Yeah. I, I had, think it's this. I was, I kind of had the 24 hour bug and I hate to be, you know, there's something yeah. going around guy. But I do know a lot of people that were out for a week and a half, two weeks, a week. Got it again, relapsed. Yeah, we talked to a lot of people in the gym. I was surprised because I'm coming up on, like, really getting back into, like, really decent shape because we did that vacation, trained with all those guys. And I just kept it going, like, right when I got home. Yeah. I got uh, this new, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a diet, but all I eat is steak and avocados and yeah. eggs. That's it. Yeah, And it just... Not that, uh, I don't know, I think almost all those diets are, I like running the experiments because everyone works differently, and that that one particularly just seems to work really well for me. And then, uh, yeah, when I got sick, I was like, oh, man, I've been doing, like, everything right. <laughs> I've been training my ass off. Yeah. And uh, But then I made it into back into the academy yesterday for the first time, and I had to kick, like, that, that last 10%. And I was, like, still on my sea legs. I was kind of wobbling mm. around the house, and I was drinking coffee, and <clears throat> told my wife, I was like, I think I'm going to make a push going there. I'm going to try to sweat the last 10% of this evil out. And uh, within, as soon as I broke that nice light sweat, and I said, like, you know what? I'm going to get onto the mats. And I just immediately, I felt so awesome. You seem to be holding your own out there. Yeah, I felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Cardio feels good, everything. Yeah, not, not, not bad. I did catch up on, um, I don't watch TV, don't watch movies, really, except when I'm sick or injured. So I did a giant, um, I hate this term. I binge watched, uh, Dahmer on Netflix. Have you guys seen that? I haven't seen it. Yeah, any good? Uh, it's good. I liked it cause I'm take this for what it's worth. I'm really interested in serial killers. Yes, I always have been like yep. since I was a kid. I mean, I have boxes full of books about every serial killer. It's pretty good. It's, I already know the story of him pretty, pretty well. Uh, it's, Pretty they do a good job of making it really disturbing.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. I heard it
2: was pretty uh hard yeah. to watch. Yeah.
0: I do not like any sort of scary movies yeah. or anything. I I but I also love <clears throat> documentaries. Right. It'd be I don't know if I could handle something like that or not. It's it's pretty I heard it was pretty like creepy.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: they do a good like job of making
2: top. it creepy without yeah. relying on. I mean, I like the gore stuff too, but yeah. I think that's kind of an easy ploy totally. for making something disturbing. Um, they do a good job of not. They they. I think they, in my opinion, they thread the needle pretty well. Um, and this is I primarily only watch you know, usually foreign language avant garde disturbing horror movies, <laughs> you know, like back to back to back when I'm you know laid up in bed or whatever uh we have a friend that just um has an uncanny knowledge of which ones to watch and he never disappoints but uh yeah this this the Dahmer series is pretty good it gets a little I don't know it it takes off into these like deviations which are kind of side plots which they kind of lost me a little bit but yeah a little woke right it's very <laughs> woke the <laughs> the actor who does Dahmer is, does a phenomenal job nice yeah it may be interested because um, <clears throat> I got interested in serial killers as like a kid, and then for my high school, what do they call it? There's like this final project you do as a senior, like your big project for the end of your high school,
0: yeah, kind we, of existence. We okay. didn't have to do that; they oh. they
2: stopped that before uh, before I graduated. Okay, yeah, like your senior project, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I did mine on um, just the. I don't know, I guess the concept of a serial killer, because before 1970, there was no such thing as a serial killer. There was just people who would turn up dead, and they'd find some guy like, yeah, this guy killed a lot of people. Just some cop standing there going, (laughs) I (laughs) don't know, scratching his head. (laughs) And it was a guy named uh, Robert Ressler, who there was a Netflix series based on him called Mindhunter, if I believe. But Robert Ressler joined the FBI in 1970, and he's the first one of the first people to kind of apply, like, more of a psychological template to criminology. He was obsessed with deviant criminal behavior, and he was able to start to notice these behavioral patterns that helped him solve, like, all these crimes. Because before that, they had, you know, people uh, like Ed Gein, you know, the butcher of Plainsfield. It's like, I don't know, he's just some maniac, and, you know, that just— we don't know why they do these things, you know, and then Robert Ressler was the guy that was able to kind of look at crime scenes. And then he started making subtypes of serial killers, which is what my senior project was on. And he came up he, there's first it was just two subtypes it was disorganized versus organized killers. So you'd have an organized killer like uh, uh, Ted Bundy, like high functioning, you know, he gets caught. And was like, I can't I never would have guessed, you know, versus like an Ed Gein, you know, low functioning just macabre, you know, they finally catch him. Like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming, <laughs> kinda, kind of kind a thing. So it's, I don't know. I, you know I, I, <clears throat> I like watching the Dahmer series just for the, the, the I'm into the psychological, the psychological component of all that stuff.
0: What do you think about this? Is the reason that it, they didn't really know about serial killers until 1970, because since time immemorial, uh, they just couldn't figure it out until that guy came along and was able to do the psychological profile or was it just not a thing? I oh, would I would Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. I yeah, would say Carl, that we, Carl Panzer. Uh, yes, though there was a lot. I, I know. I know. i Fish. stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying that, uh, it, right as you are about all those names, that the, uh, the s- symptom that the serial killer is a symptom of society and it's, you know, discontent more so than something that is just basic to human nature. Mm. And in a less civilized society, there was no room for a serial killer. In a more or, primitive or, society, or, you you just couldn't have a serial killer. Or did they just groups were it? too small? People were not uh, anonymous enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Mike. Go. Oh, no, I was going to say, or did they just come up with a taxonomy? Is that what I'm saying that right? Taxonomy taxonomy mm-hmm. yeah, like, it is like, like a classification oh, yeah we just this is how we can classify them. and yeah. that's what the innovation was well maybe uh some research for another time
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude i wish i'd gotten to you well if you get sick again
2: yeah like four years from now yes n-
0: in four years go back to netflix mm-hmm. and you got to watch 60 days in you, it is a show oh, made, the, made for you. The prison show. Yes. Yes. This show is insane. Nine normal people voluntarily go to jail in one of the gnarliest jails in America, in uh, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and do it for different reasons, various reasons. They just have, they're motivated to try to help the the prison system. Some people, it's personal shit that they're trying to work through. Yeah, uh, a couple of guys are Marines that go in just to um, kind of try to make the world a better place for for different reasons. It is so fucking gnarly. Yeah, it's so I I I couldn't stop watching it. I was like watching it at lunch. I was I'd make my in the middle of the day make like my leftovers and just sit there like trying to get through another 20 minutes damn that's like my biggest fear right going to jail mm-hmm. and i mean frankly we're going to jail one day like the, <laughs> yeah. the gulag is waiting for us right so you know i wanted to just i just needed to see how these people handled themselves regular people handle themselves With inmates, in jail Real inmates? totally real nobody knows that they're plants the only people that know that they're plants is the warden and the production team that's there filming under the guise of doing a documentary about jails and things. Mm-hmm. And so if they get in trouble, there's a signal they can do and the production team will kinda of come in and But oh my God, it's it's so gnarly. Dude, you would nice. it's right up your alley you <laughs> love it know <laughs> lots of beatdowns though
2: <laughs> uh there there's multiple seasons there might be some shankings in the other uh, you, seasons you, you said something that reminded me of um i have uh, insurance to the uscca the united states concealed carry association that if i ever were to get in some kind of incident with firearms that i'm insured you know i have legal protection um i have you know I'm just, all my bases are covered that way. Yeah, you hear that? He is not <laughs> afraid to blow your ass away. <laughs> and uh, I had someone, someone tried to pull money out of my, I had to replace all my bank cards. So it means I, all my auto pay, my car insurance, everything. I had had just total pain in the butt. But the USCCA called me, this guy called me, and he said, hey, your payment was declined, and usually this is an oversight, or your, you know you got a new card, your card expired. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um I'd replace all my bank cards and can can we take care of this on the phone right now? He goes, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I talked to you, so um, let's go ahead and uh, update your profile. He's like, let's not call it profile. Let's let's update your account. He's like, let's be honest. You you got a profile, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just start laughing. At him. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling most of your customers yeah, do. <laughs> I guess I probably do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh shit! All right. We get into this? Let's do it. Good morning. Time to get up and go to work.
2: <laughs> so I looked up an interesting statistic that I'm getting various different numbers at the more I look at, but, um, you know how many, according to the CDC, you know how many flu-related deaths that we had, let's just say, 2019 to 2020, if you had to guess? Deaths due to the flu. I would
1: assume it's a similar number to
0: the previous two, three years. Mm-hmm. I would assume
2: that. You would be right.
0: But since we're doing the Liberty Tree podcast, probably
2: uh well no 2019 to 2020 we looked at 380,000 flu-related hospitalizations and 20,000 deaths due to influenza 20,000 G- 20, uh from 2019 to 2020
0: is that i was under the impression there was like 50 normally is that down or is that normal is that average
2: uh that's about average a little lower than average but it's pre-pandemic also right yeah you know how I many flu-related deaths we had from 2021 to
0: 2022? Seven. Seven hundred and forty-eight. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Uh, that's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> astounding. <laughs> Hold the on, the CDC. Uh, wait, I don't I... that, wait, because this is th- this is something I believe is true that they didn't used to tabulate um if that's a word uh flu deaths that they always just kind of estimated it yeah estimated that mm-hmm. so is um is this statistic uh
2: Mike just hit allow all so here here's what here's what gets tricky though yeah, I, che- I checked this one too. I, ch- I checked like six or seven different sites, including the CDCs, which is so convoluted. Sorry for yelling, Mike. Yes. <laughs> it's the prednisone. <laughs> it is uh, the one thing that, so here's where it gets tricky when you have to try to kind of mire through these statistics. Yeah. Um, if I'm getting, the one I'm looking at right now, Mike, is from health.com, and and they are quoting the CDC numbers, uh, is, and I don't have this spe- specific details in front of me right now, is... The CDC conflated, they started a new category, um, which is called P, PIC, and they combine all pneumonia, influenza, and oh, COVID yeah. statistics. Yeah. And as they're going to change as the as definition
0: would, of the word yeah, death, yeah, soon,
2: as you would know, it, it all gets tallied up as a COVID number. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So they eradicated the flu. Yeah. And so when people oh, say... And so, you know, when you get the pushback, when you when you tell this to people, because basically this podcast just preps you how to argue with the ninety percent of the people around you that fucking hate everything that you believe in. What I'm getting at is when people <laughs> say, "Oh, that's because we're all wearing masks," I was like, "Okay, explain the COVID numbers then, the COVID deaths that you know that we were sh- shoveled, you know, you know, via fear porn for two years. Just the math doesn't work out." Yeah. No, it's
0: uh, – th- well, you brought it up last time that the excess number of deaths right. in the world are just through the roof mm-hmm. right now, and there's no explanation for it. If, if the explanation was COVID, a day wouldn't go by that we weren't hearing about it and having that right. rammed down our
2: throats and using it to force Yeah, us here to we are one, now. We're another. looking at 17, a 17% increase in excess mortality deaths right now, and no one's talking about it yeah. whatsoever. And you could break that down into perigarditis and myocarditis and uh, strokes and seizures and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, every week. Sometimes I, I feel like, why do we have to bring this up every episode? But I just feel like, yeah, I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> I no, it's the most I don't important think we should let it's it go. on
0: right now. Uh, just last week, uh, a, a dude that Melissa used to work with named Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, great dude, like, gem of a human being, Sharks yeah. fan, we'd go over to, I don't even really like to watch hockey, but I just like this guy so much, we'd go over to his house to watch right. the Sharks, and uh, his son went to the same preschool as Junior. Yeah. Fucking died. Really? Out of the blue. I mean, how many fucking people, I don't know anyone that's had any severe right. reaction to COVID. I know tons of people, and now, I mean, not just, deaths but people that have had strokes and heart attacks, heart and, like, attacks luckily yeah. it survived but now there's you know another guy that died
2: right
0: he's my age he just died of a heart attack yeah and that's what it was heart attack
2: yeah how old <laughs> my age yeah pretty typical right
0: yeah <laughs> well i mean you know what what this is exposing right. is that there are uh, a lot of people with underlying heart conditions that we didn't know about and plus climate change. Yes, just right. not forget about So all of a sudden, they're all dying at the same time. There are actual, art. like, I know that I know. people it's, think we're being hyperbolic. Google it. Dildo it right now. You will find every article is defending the fact that, no, 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 it's just people with underlying heart conditions.
2: Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. We're supposed to believe that? Yeah. It's a stroke increase uh, trace back to climate change. Those are actual articles. Yes. Like if you were to say that, we're not linking to it, that in the show notes. You have to dildo it's it yourself. It's ridiculous that that's just become part of the common nomenclature now. Articles like that and people yeah. saying things like that just out in the out in the wild. Just it's just part of the vernacular. If you were to, if I were to say that three years ago, if I were to walk into a grocery store and say like. Yeah, there's a lot of strokes now because of climate change. You look at me like I was in, like insane. Like, where where are you getting this information and from? And why are you now, talking about it? Now, now it's on our our like MSNBC <laughs> and CNN. Yeah, exactly.
0: The produce section is not the place to have this conversation. Ooh. And why are you wearing a mask? <laughs> <laughs> like, a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm into Mexican wrestling. What can I say?
2: So um, have you guys heard of the Spars pandemic response paper? I have not. Mike, have you no, heard of this? so the spars this is this started out as interesting and the more i read it um it gets it's pretty fascinating the spars pandemic response paper was a public paper published by johns hopkins university um it was published on october 23rd 2017 and the official title is the spars pandemic 2025 to 2028 a futuristic scenario for public health risk communicators what was the year 2025 to 2028. 2025, 28. And it was written when? 2017. Okay. So, what it was, is Is it? Is that also the same year
0: that Deagle (laughs) came uh, out (laughs) with their prediction? I believe it is. You should
2: bring that up. I believe it is. Oh boy! <laughs> I'm gonna get a bunch. Here of, we I, go. Here's where I start getting texts. You know, twelve o'clock tonight. Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> dude, I can't sleep. Fuck uh, like you. This paper outlines a hypothetical scenario of a novel coronavirus outbreak, and it plays out what they perceive to be the most um, plausible scenarios as far as the response and public sentiment and political reaction, and and um, so we. This is kind of similar to something that we tackled a long time ago with Event Two Hundred One. Event 201 was done in 2019 in New York, which was also done by Johns Hopkins, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, just the usual suspects. Uh, just side note, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is run separately now that Melinda um, Gates left Bill because he showed up on Epstein's flight logs. Never forget. Yep. <laughs> I'm never going <laughs> to stop bringing that up. Um so the SPARS pandemic I was just
0: helping him <laughs> with his internet. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, where are you going?
2: <laughs> the uh, the SPARS pandemic paper differs slightly in that it focuses a lot on the role of media, politicians, power structures, you know, public sentiment in the response. Whereas the event two oh one event was more of a more clinically, like medical analysis of like the way that a pandemic would. come. They're both, right? As we'll see, like f- eerily similar. Mm-hmm. And event two hundred one was pretty ominous, but I could see, I was like, I could see running this response. I'm a, I don't know if they're if these people are doing this on purpose. Like I probably wouldn't have published this paper, or well, I would have <laughs> tweaked a few results. Yeah, but to not make it so obvious. Yes, exactly. I mean,
0: it and the premise of uh, actually. Running an ex- yeah, a, a hypothetical experiment in case there was some sort of major disaster um, on the Earth, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That is something that if if you're a government and you're correct, your number one job is to protect people's property yep. and lives. Then yes, preparing for things like that would be um, understandable. Right. The fact that it 100% accurately mirrored what did happen. Mm-hmm. Just makes you wonder, you know, okay. <laughs> a little
2: bit. <laughs> this this is this is very correct. And Event two hundred one did that, and we spent time talking about it. Event two hundred one is not jack shit compared to the sparse pandemic response paper. Really, it I because it spends a lot of time on what the cultural zeitgeist would become. Uh, you know, what the it's predicting population behavioral things that like, because you can when all these professionals get together and do a pandemic response like an event 201 it's like okay when you get like virologists together like here's what a virus does like here's what the medical response could be it can be fairly clinical and that i think it would be a little easier to kind of gauge the way that things would play out right if you're doing if you're doing this from a clinical perspective which is as they say if you want to believe it or not the purpose for having event 201 the spaRS pandemic it's we're going I'm gonna go through like it's 90 pages long um, if you're a maniac like me I would suggest reading it it's I, I read through it like several times it's really good um, if you skip to the end of this paper they do like a, a brief like a timeline of, of all the highlights and everything so what I want to do is go through like I put up some of the highlights of what the paper kind of shows from in, in a more or less like chronological order. You guys, let me know which ones did not pan out to be almost exactly true. Okay. Okay. the The spars paper begins their hypothetical hypothetical response with three unexplained deaths in October of 2025. This is like their fictional account. Um, it's when some congregation members from the first uh, First Baptist Church of Saint Paul, in Minnesota, which is um, where the spars acronym comes from, it's called the Saint Paul. Uh, something something respiratory um
0: syndrome
2: something like that yeah Yeah. um acute respiratory syndrome yeah i think that might be it so they go to the philippines to do some there's a giant flood over there and they go over there as a ministry um to do missionary work to help with the relief efforts they come back um three of these people died and the health uh, health officials originally thought that they had died from a severe case of the common flu Um, as they had predicted, like an extremely virulent strain of the flu that year. And one doctor in their fictional account, this is where it starts to get fun, goes, I just heard about a novel coronavirus in that part of the world, and we have these unexplained deaths. So it's like maybe we can run a test on them and figure out if that coronavirus comes up. Mike, Kelly, anyone want to guess what the name of that test was? What kind of test they use? Did they use a PCR test? Yes, they
0: did. In the fictional account in twenty seventeen, did, did they consult Kerry Mullis
2: before <laughs> doing so <laughs> about the thresholds? Of yes. It? No, no, they didn't.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, I'm gonna. Uh, I, why,
2: <laughs> why would you go track down the guy who invented the test and you know be bothering him about how to administer said test that he invented?
0: Well, I wouldn't, except that he happened to be the the guy that created the test. Extremely critical of the way that the PCR test was used. He even told Dr. Fauci to his face. Yes. He said, if you run this many cycles like you're doing, and Fauci actually is the one that said this, uh, you will find... The what you will find what you're looking for. Because there are little part teeny particles of mm-hmm. dead virus everywhere. Nucleotides. You will find these nucleotides mm-hmm. if you run enough cycles of this test, which mm-hmm. is what they did, and they that's why he was so critical. For those who don't know.
2: Yeah, right. And Jeffrey Epstein called Bill Gates because he needed help with his internet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh as the the hypothetical report goes on uh, the cdc's original recommendations see if this sounds familiar uh since they didn't know at the time were to isolate report and seek medical attention for any flu-like symptoms and wash and dis- disinfect all potentially contaminated surface surfaces like groceries shopping carts your mail remember those days oh yeah <laughs> i remember having relatives saying like oh we're just wiping out our groceries i'm like why like stop doing that <laughs> what is wrong with you and that was just a wild guess on my part at that time Yeah. That's just because I'm lazy. I was like, I don't know anything about this virus. but You
0: don't ever seem too concerned about germs.
2: Yes, this is true. Yeah, which
0: is why you never get sick. So this is... In my opinion.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is from uh, the document. Uh, By late November, the CDC reported an initial initial estimated sparse case fatality rate of 4.7%. By contrast, the WHO reported that the overall case fatality for SARS rate was 14 to 15% and over 50% for people over the age of 64. Later in the SARS outbreak, data that included more accurate estimates of mild SARS cases indicated a case fatality rate of only 0.6%. That almost mirrors exactly. Do you guys, I don't know if you remember like what some of the, the numbers that are throwing around in the beginning of the pandemic as opposed to now. The only thing they got different is they ended up with their hindsight number of 0.6%, which is, which is wildly high.
0: Way more deadly than it actually was.
2: Yeah, all estimates is what 99.97% or like something, 0.06%. Yeah. I think it was like a factor of 10 off. Yeah, yeah. that's that's overall mean, you know, and then we can parse it out through age or whatever. Um, It even says it, so do you guys recognize this? The document states that the virus had an extended incubation period compared to its latent period, meaning that a patient could spread the virus for a full week before they showed any symptoms. Hence the need for lockdowns.
0: Right, the uh, uh, asymptomatic
2: spread. Yes, Yes. this is, lest I remind you, this was written in 2017. Okay, so
0: (laughs) they predicted in their paper asymptomatic spread. We happen to live through the false uh, notion of asymptomatic spread Mm -hmm. Um, because that's meaning they made up a fictitious disease that spread without any symptoms. Mm -hmm. Then we lived through an actual uh, pandemic. You can't. It's too, it's too phony to actually put the right words to this right. because Correct. I don't want to uh, validate what they're saying. But basically, asymptomatic spread was never a thing. Yeah. So in real life, it wasn't a thing, and obviously in their fiction, it wasn't a thing. It's mm-hmm. something they made up, and then it was repeated, given to us, fed to us as if it was a real thing, even though it's not. Is you will soon
2: realize I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to t- give you guys my punchline before I tell the joke, but this, the more you read into this pandemic response for the SPARS virus, it, if you blacked out the dates, you were, you would just think that you were in the, in the fictitious, uh, fictional name of politicians they used. You would think you were just reading about the COVID response. Hmm. The only thing, so we're 20 pages into this document right now, and the only thing that th- in my mind so far that they have gotten wrong, and we're just getting started here, is they said in their hypothetical spars outbreak that it affects children in an inordinate way compared to the adult population, mm. which is something that we always said in the beginning. I was like, how in- bummed were they that it didn't? Oh, it yeah, Those just sick monsters. They're yeah. like, damn it. They're like, they're like CNN when there's not a school shooting. Like, yeah. Fuck. God, what are we going to do all day? God, I wish more kids were dying. So. And we had always said that in the beginning, it's it's it's, you know we're not wearing a mask, I'm not doing this. And I'd always say like, if this was affecting kids, I would I would take whatever like two masks, locked whatever. Yeah. But it's not. It's it's well, it's not affecting adults either. Either you (laughs) want to look at the numbers. (laughs) Um, The only thing, I mean, if you were to quibble, you know, with what I just said, I'm um, a quibbler. Yeah, we could go to. just as uh, Sonia and Sotomayor.
1: country today than we had a year ago in January. Oh yeah, um, we have hospitals that are almost at full capacity mm-hmm. with people is severely ill on mm-hmm. ventilators. Mm-hmm. We have over a hundred thousand children oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we've never had yeah. before, News to me. in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. Um, uh, right. So saying uh-huh. it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without. Without,
2: uh. um, Supreme Court justice, how'd you like to have your legal future in her hands? Yeah, I love it that people. There was not a whole lot of pushback to that. Uh,
0: I, there was more than I, I thought there was. I yeah. thought she she had to kind of, I and mean, she didn't apologize or correct herself, but yeah. I, a lot of people noticed that and were like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> I remember that being kind of a, a big deal that she made. I, I know personally of people that repeated that line to me. I was well, like, of that, course. I was like, that's yeah. not
2: true. I'm that not talking not about true like in, main,
0: in the mainstream. No, yeah. nobody nobody pushed back on it at all. But I do remember that being a big deal that she said that.
2: So here's where the sparse document starts to get fun is they outline a potential you know, hypothetical antiviral called Calaxivir. And... This Calaxivir was the kind of first-ditch effort to stop the spread while the FDA began contracting with pharmaceutical companies for a vaccine, hypothetically, in 2017. And then with high public demand, the FDA... Stop me here. FDA skirted traditional testing and safety models um, to get Calaxivir on the market uh, since there was despite there being like numerous side effects. But what they did is they approved it under the Emergency Use Authorization Act. So that way it could be FDA approved for public consumption. Right. Hypothetically. Yeah. Sound familiar at all, Mike? Just a little bit. So by in their model by January 2026 hospitals and healthcare services were being overrun and reported in the media that you know our our health services are on and run there you know we, there's no room in the hospitals there's people out in the hallways and everything um not by the seriously ill but by people self reporting any and my, any and all mild like flu symptoms due to the fear being propagated by the media right and this ultimately aided in the CDC retroactively adjusting their spars mortality rate from 4.7% to down to 1.1% at this point, almost a year in, which happened. Wow. So the media campaign campaign began with the FDA and the CDC and basically our government to promote this severe uh, and the upcoming, like, you know, promise of a vaccine coming, And they start to talk about this social backlash coming because people were posting their kids taking Calaxivir and throwing up and passing out and having seizures. And then they, they created all these like fake, uh, you know, for entertainment purposes, I guess Um, they call it the anti-vaccinators of people saying, you know, this, this social media backlash coming out against the vaccine and they, you know, but
0: against the vaccine or against this, or drug against
2: colaxavir, yeah. So they conflate anti calaxers anti calaxers <laughs> yes. So the one thing that they got a little, well, I think they got a, 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 a different. Okay, it differs slightly from reality of that. You know, if if you can draw a, you know, a parallel from colaxavir to ivermectin or whatever. It starts out with Calaxivir. So they've kind of flipped the script a little bit. Right. Is is the one that everyone's pushing and is the one that, like, all the, quote, unquote, crazy anti-vaxxers <laughs> are saying, like, no, it's, you know, my kid just passed out. He's in the hospital. And it begins this, like, organic social media backlash against the Calaxivir. So it gets a little kind of convoluted because then they do, later on in this report, do have a um, vaccine that gets unveiled. and And you'll see. They, because they start to, all the things that happen, the way that it gets delineated along political lines, it's ridiculous. It's it's eerily, kind of similar. So, <clears throat> I'm enjoying the story, by the way. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so as resistance open another beer. <laughs> as resistance to claxiver grew, a new antiviral considered safer, called Vmax, hits the market and it becomes evident that... The
0: Max! <laughs> <laughs> you
2: gotta let me play it.
0: <laughs> that this scene... Hey, Hold Gertrude.
2: My name is not Gertrude. Have
0: you met Matt's dog, Max? <laughs> Take it to the max! Maximize your leisure hours, dog The Max! I'm not gonna do the whole thing. Sorry. That's why we can't get serious I know sponsors. you like okay. <laughs> when I interrupt <laughs> you, so I try to
2: do it as often as possible. So uh the way that this uh report kind of outlines you know now it becomes Klaxivir versus VMAX it's and it gets drawn along like political lines and they, they spell out this hypothetical situation that it falls accurately along political affiliation and then with the house and the senate becoming galvanized around their support of Klaxivir to come out against in opposition against President Trump oh. <laughs> What? president trump president brent bennett is in ah. god damn it yeah i typed that wrong <laughs> president <laughs> bennett is the name of the president in uh 2026 in this hypothetical scenario um so january 2026 the CD, cdc began to release data and they're suggesting that colaxivir was actually way less effective in treating spars so in this hypothetical report they're going like turns out claxavir like doesn't really work and the side effects are kind of worse than we thought which starts to kind of help steamroll the campaign against the or for the anti-vaccinators which is basically what happened
0: yeah i'm struggling to understand why johns hopkins would tell this story well it was what do you mean like, like given what happened what's the motivation I think it was they. I know pub- you're getting there, and we're, I don't
2: want to, uh, you know. No, spoil I don't it, have spoil that. Spoil it. Though. I don't have that answer. Okay. I think they published it as it's the same thing as Event 201.
0: I know, but it, it so far it seems to be like supporting reality, right. not not the reality that they want you. And I I don't think Johns Hopkins is actually a uh, uh, bad. Organization.
2: I mean, th- they publish a lot of very useful. They did the meta analysis of why massive lockdowns don't of lockdowns. work, which is one of the most useful pieces of literature, medical literature. Useful
0: tools when you're arguing <laughs> against yes,
2: exactly
0: <laughs> numbskulls. So I don't, I don't necessarily attribute, uh, you know, malicious intent to mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins. I'm just curious, like, why would they? Uh, come up with this story is it based on a
2: computer model i mean what what what's the it's ex- a bunch of students from johns hopkins that wanted to play out in their film those, w- film school or is it <laughs> like the medical <laughs> i'm just i'm taking this class as an elective yeah. I'm a major. <laughs> <laughs> i am a just i need the credits exactly uh, I, I, I I mean, my, i'm not enjoying it Don't i had my roommate write this to be honest <laughs> with her.
0: um I'm enjoying the story. I just, uh, it just, it's just funny that it's so yeah. accurate, and it's actually so you know closely resembles what we know to be the truth. They the do things that are coming out with the, um, that movie died suddenly, and mm-hmm. um, the documentary died suddenly. Yes, exactly. The document, yeah, the true account.
2: Uh, it just you would think that it wouldn't be so on the nose. Yeah, it gets even crazier. Because okay. then they get into like the kind of the nuance of, of media and the culture so as you know as the cdc began to release data saying like hey Klaxivir, it turns out it's not really working uh its efficacy rate is way less than what we thought it definitely won't you know we originally say we originally stated that this will prevent you from getting spars that's not true um it's going to help you or <laughs> they didn't say this in here but you know how many times are we hear yeah oh i got covid again for the fourth time yeah. really yeah, thank God I was vaccinated. Vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> was it was really, really way worse. sick. It's <laughs> like, we're eventually going to start seeing that on tombstones. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> thank God oh, I was it, vaccinated. Otherwise, oh, it would have been way worse. I'm putting it on mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to
0: put on my tombstone. I told you I was sick, but now I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm changing it to that.
2: <laughs> Mine's going to say, AIDS,
0: schmades. <laughs> This is I know AIDS. This is an AIDS. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mike, you want to add to this uh degeneracy or should we move on? <laughs>
0: yeah, Mike Woo. Mike does not stoop Man. to that level. My feet so. just got a little hot. Right? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so then they uh this caused an even larger backlash with the anti-vaccinators. Sorry. <laughs> 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 okay, gotcha. And They even write about these, you know, all of a sudden now there's all these social media hashtags, you know, hashtag go natural and hashtag fake science is another one that catches on. This is written in 2017. So these social media posts were picked up by mainstream media, and then they use that as fodder for articles and mainstream news segments. So let me repeat. In this hypothetical example, Mainstream media goes through anonymous social media posts, find a social media post, go like, hey, let's write an entire article around that, and then we'll pass that around on the AP, and then we can write an entire article on CNN about what some dipshit wrote on Twitter. That's, that doesn't happen. No, no. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the
0: uh, Hillary Clinton-Russia uh, <laughs> collusion <laughs> scandal.
2: So here's... They put in random stuff in there. And this is like where I was asking the same questions that you were asking. I'm like, how, like, it seems like they'd bury the shit out of this thing. On July 9th, 9th, 2026, the vaccine rollout was temporarily disrupted out of nowhere by widespread unexplained power outages due to an inefficient electrical grid in different states. Yep wow, you guys aren't just sticking to virology on this one. You're kind of just doing a an overall uh, prediction of everything yeah. that fucking happened. Jeez. Yeah. So at, at this time, the anti-vaccinator anti-vaccin- campaign grew online, particularly in minority communities, in this hypothetical example. And the health authorities ran a massive outrage campaign. And what they had is something called an EHR, called electric health, um, electronic health records. And at this hypothetical example, it was this systematic database that um authorities use to have access to everyone's private data and what they could do is go through your everyone's health records go like you're not vaccinated you're not vaccinated you're not vaccinated and have targeted outreaches and it was primarily done to target minority communities for whatever reason in this example had a just a higher rates of vaccine hesitancy to the spars outbreak so,
0: do you think that's is that true in uh, yeah real life? That, that is
2: true. Minority mm-hmm. are more uh, hesitant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They it, that that was targeted in like the black community for a huge part of the pandemic because they have it, right. such a natural trust of the establishment. I mean, I don't know what that distrust would come from. <laughs> Yeah, distrust. Hashtag tuskegee experiment. <laughs> it's
0: it's that's right. I remember hearing about yeah, we heard about tuskegee all the time. Yes, yes. That's right. Okay, you're right. All
2: right. So um in the winter of twenty twenty seven, as the so now they have a vaccine called the Corovax, which is like the new vaccine that okay. the pharmaceutical companies developed under the EUA. So which shields them from liability from any vaccine injuries or anything like that and there becomes this giant rush to take this core vax and it shows i won't go through them all but all these hypothetical tweets of like frontline workers saying they're going to strike unless they're first on the list to get the vax and there's this just mad rush to get the vax because it's supposedly going to be the cure-all but at the same time as that vax rollout happens the backlash the quote-unquote anti-vaccinators that movement becomes larger and larger and more vocal online, which causes, start to cause, like now it has galvanized these two tribes where they start to demonize. I wanna say they demonize each other, but that's not true and that's not what happened. That's not what happens in this example, but to make the parallel to, to reality to what we went through in the last two years, that never happened. The side that decided not to get vaxxed never had a problem with people getting vaccinated. Mm. it was all one-sided that stream went one way that's a great point point. and if anyone wants to, that's a great pro- fucking point, anyone dude. wants to provide a, an example of that i'd love to hear it thank you for saying that yeah because that if, is
0: i have never put
2: that into words like and, that but and that i think that's something that is something that you need to remind people of when you have these discussions with them because the amount of times that i've said in the last two and a half years like look you know i just think it's the right thing to do to get back get, get vaccinated go ahead i, I don't yeah, It we doesn't don't care it doesn't matter to me if yeah. it's a loved one i might try to talk you out of it it's like i i'd right. I, I, I really just think about it don't don't just jump on yeah. don't jump in there and do it like just but think I, about what you're doing That's it's all, that's I, all I'm I don't
0: i don't really like you and so yeah if you want to inject yourself with something that's going to kill you like i just you know it's kind of yeah go for it yeah i'd rather you not be alive so just do it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Just kidding, by the way, to all of my (laughs) actual friends who have gotten vaccinated. (laughs) You know what? I do. I have a uh, number of friends who were vaccinated, and uh, parents uh, who I don't want to die. Uh, Most of them, though, regret it. Yeah, I don't know anyone that. Yeah, exactly. That's the question I say. It's
2: like I know a lot of people that regret taking the shot. I don't know anyone. That's the, it's the other way around. It's because they're dead, Matt. They can't regret it. They died from COVID. Mm. Could have been so much worse, though. That's true. They could have really died. <laughs> they could have really, like, <laughs> died, died. Yeah. Not just identified <laughs> as dead, it's as like, we talked about last episode. <laughs> Dude, our crematory numbers are out of, you know, <laughs> they're off the charts. Uh, it's this new thing they got going on TikTok. <clears throat> you, you bury your friends for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but to go back to what we were saying, I think that is something that I am not going to ever stop reminding people of because now that we are in the days of no amnesty as we talked about with the Emily O'ster article in the Atlantic, osterism osterism is the answer to that is fuck you no. It's I I am willing to give no amnesty unless it's I'm receiving an all out apology. And I am talking to, I'm not just making this as a blanket statement. I'm talking to the people that went out of their way to demonize other people for making a personal medical choice. And as I say, that stream went one way. No one was ever yelling at someone for getting vaccinated. That did not happen. It was all the other way around. And that's something that we think I think we always need to remember. Because what we are where we are now, as this, as this You know, to wrap up this this report, the sparse pandemic report, it ends in 2028. And at the end, it's due to the continual flow of misinformation, growing reports of vaccine injury and waning efficacy. The narrative falls apart. That's where we are now. And it talks about then once that narrative falls apart, once the population figures out what's going on and like we're not having this, which we're seeing. That's something like 92 percent of the population, I think one poll that I saw, I think this is from Peter McCall said we're done. No more boosters. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna do this anymore. I did my part. I have had two boosters at this point, and I keep getting COVID. Right? The narrative has fallen apart. The vaccine is not a vaccine. It never was. But it doesn't work. It doesn't. It might stave off COVID for what is? Was it 13 days, 14 days, something like that? 16 days. It's like it's null and void. There's yeah. no efficacy whatsoever. And now that's not even counting what the side effects are.
0: We're seeing
2: the rates of heart attacks and strokes and seizures and everything. These fibrous blood clots, which we're going to see on our film, you know, Saturday after Thanksgiving with the died suddenly documentary is the narrative has fallen apart. And with the spars pandemic is what they do is they the same thing happens. They're saying, like, once that tide turns once the zeitgeist is such that like we're we're not having this anymore like we're done you're not touching my kid with that shit i'm not wearing a mask i'm not taking another shot you're not closing down my business we're done i did my maybe i did my part right we didn't do our part fuck that like, we're not doing anything but for the people that did even the people all the you npcs are even coming around they're just like we're done with this yeah. and what they talk about I think where we are in reality, right before is it as it pertains to this pandemic report, is said then the political bloodshed started to happen. We starting to see political figures falling down and people going like someone needs to be held accountable. Yeah. And you're getting into the Nuremberg trial part of this. And look at that's what that's where I think we're coming <clears throat> up on. I think we are. Look at how how bad of a job
0: we we were presented with a disease that was not that bad. Yes. Then we were forced to destroy our lives to deal with it. Then we were forced to take a shot. <clears throat> That didn't actually deal with it, but killed people Mm -hmm. and made things even worse. Yeah. Right. And now we're at a point where all of that is being hidden from us. Mm -hmm. Right. Total destruction. I mean, if you if it wasn't planned, it was a God. It was a great goddamn accident that it it worked out the way that it did, that it completely destroyed people's businesses, destroyed people's lives, made their kids suffer from mental health disorders. Right. Fully fucked up people's families and the fucking shot that they told us we had to have to protect everyone is worse than the disease itself. Yep. Which if you had said, we can't let the cure be worse than the disease back when Trump was still in office, as soon as you said that, because Trump had said it once, you were now Uh, demonized,
2: right? Actually, his name is president Bennett here, but uh, go (laughs) Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Exactly.
0: So, uh, and now, now it's all, it's over, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If it wasn't over, we'd be hearing about all these excess deaths. Yeah. But the fact that excess people are dying and they're not talking about it yeah. means, okay, time to change gears. What We need Ukraine. We need climate change. We need something. Yeah. We're not looking at that. Now that it's over, What is? what are they doing? Floating
2: out articles about amnesty. Mm-hmm. Coincidence? Coincidence that Anthony Fauci stepped down. I mean, he's still going to work, but he stepped down in his official political capacity, which means he can't be subpoenaed now. And, and be forced to tell the truth under oath. This, this is all the writing yeah. is on the wall. I, I, I give you credit for, I can't remember what we were talking about. Oh, it was the, the amnesty thing. You're like, no, they've just seen the writing on the wall. Like heads are about to roll. They and need you, to. You were thinking one step ahead of me, and I was like, they Dude, need you're to. Absolutely right there.
0: They need to <coughs> be held accountable. All right. Do not. <coughs> suffering fools that are here's talking about amnesty
2: here's something hilarious because i'm trying to do more of this is to (laughs) fact check the (laughs) things that we bring up this is this is so adorably hilarious this is so i looked up um the spars pandemic scenario uh here's the fact check of why everything i'm saying is not true
0: oh because there's people that have uh written about this paper and seeing how it's been like adopted by quote conspiracy theorists as a planned pandemic. Here's, here's okay. Here's, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah okay. Here's okay. their gotcha.
2: I'm here. I'm paid. This is from Lead Stories uh, backslash hoax alert on page six of the PDF pdf i read the entire thing this morning before the preface a full page is dedicated to this short disclaimer disclaimer this is a hypothetical scenario designed to illustrate the public health risk communication challenges that could potentially emerge during a naturally occurring infectious disease outbreak in other words it's all made up including the name of the virus no shit dick this takes place in 2025. We know that it's made up. The point is, obviously, this is That's hypothetical. the fact check? That's the fact check. <laughs> the point is... Every fact is check that you ever is, read is just <laughs> so stupid. I, I didn't think that... I Look at the dates on the fucking report. and I'm not reading this going like, did you see what happened? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my the life. The whole idea of a fact check has become just...
0: Like it, it's it is. it's a stupid stupid concept. It never actually is checking facts. It's always just some like weaselly way to get around culpability.
2: So here's here's what I want to bring up, and this is we were just touching on this just a minute ago. But as a port, you know, when this <laughs> fact checked sparse pandemic report, uh, the, the the story ends in 2028 and they talk about the they just touch on the beginnings of the political fallout and people being held accountable culpable, uh, culpable and, and accountable for the things they did um especially in lieu of information that they had that they knew was, or you know that they knew was wrong uh, specifically as it pertains to the efficacy of the, of the vaccine uh what lockdowns did you know the, the destruction that we did to i don't know everything that we already know that already happened during the pandemic is as you get to here, as I was saying, it's like now we're here. I think we're right before the point where the heads are gonna roll. People are gonna be held accountable. People like Fauci are cutting and running, you know, trying to kind of disappear to the woodwork a little bit. I hope. I sincerely hope some of these politicians are held accountable. I don't know. The system is so just ingrained in corruption. I. I don't know. I'm pretty pessimistic yes to that outcome. Happening. but people like randy weingarten from the teachers Association, well, like should be in a fucking cage for the rest of her life here's they knew exactly what they were doing
0: here's the thing these politicians these political elites democratic elites democratic small d not democrat republican are not going to be held accountable by other politicians no if they're held accountable it's going to be by us
2: yeah we need to hold hold yeah. them accountable. Re- Republicans aren't going to hold Democrats accountable, no. and Democrats aren't going to hold Republicans. They're the same people. There's right. no difference. They're team fucking purple. There's no fucking red or blue. Just this stupid tribal binary that you people get stuck in. You jerking off into a ceiling fan because John Fetterman won in Pennsylvania. It's like God bless your adorable soul. I almost I begrudgingly and envious of you people, like of how simple and fucking like vacuous and just vapid your
0: life must be. Can I – I'm going to play something right now. This is a little bit of a, a, a transition, but this is so appropriate for what you what you just brought up. This is uh, Hans-Hermann Hoppe talking about, from his book, Democracy, the God that Failed, which I'm rereading right now, and I would recommend everyone listen to it or read it. It's just a essential read. But um, what you were just saying about these political – elite that they are horrible horrible people with nothing to offer the only Mm -hmm. reason that they are in power is because they're just awful people right right they have no redeeming qualities then um they they shouldn't be where they are and it's up to us to
2: to overturn them and even more to the point even if you do believe that they have some kind of redeemable redeemable quality if you do think that gavin newsom has some sort of gifted insight into how culture and society should work okay let's just say let's say i'll give you that one number 2 they do not give a shit about you they do not give a shit about your family about your job about your community none of these people care about you they, red or blue democrat or republican they are there for their own personal wealth and to solidify their own their spot at the top of the power hierarchy. You are a plebe. They are actively trying to root out the middle class. It's going to be a top one, 2% elite and everyone else, a giant, like a binary caste system and you are buying into it if you're not fighting it.
0: They're in place by opinion, not because they deserve to be there. They're not there because they are have some sort of force, some sort of power that gives them the right to be there. They're there because they've tricked people into believing that they have some quality. So listen to this.
1: Politicians, notes H.L. Mencken with his characteristic wit, seldom, if ever, get there into public office by merit alone, at least in democratic states. Sometimes to be sure it happens, but only by a kind of miracle. They are chosen normally for quite different reasons, the chief of which is simply their power to impress and enchant the intellectual underprivileged. Will any of them venture to tell the plain truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the situation of the country, foreign or domestic? Will any of them refrain from promises that he knows he can't fulfill, that no human being could fulfill? Will any of them utter a word, however obvious that will alarm and alienate any of the huge pack of morons who cluster at the public trough, Walloping in the pap that grows thinner and thinner, hoping against hope? Answer, maybe for a few weeks at the start, but not after the issue is fairly joined and the struggle is on in earnest. They will all promise every man, woman and child in the country whatever he, she or it wants. They'll all be roving the land, looking for chances to make the rich poor, to remedy the irremediable, to succour the unsuckerable, to unscramble the unscrambable, to deflogisticate the undeflogisticable, They will all be curing warts by saying words over them and paying off the national debt with money that no one will have to earn. When one of them demonstrates that twice two is five, another will prove that it is six, six and a half, ten, twenty. In brief, they will divest themselves from their character as sensible, candid and truthful men and become simply candidates for office bent only on colouring votes. They will all know by then, even supposing that some of them don't know it now, That votes are collared under democracy, not by talking sense, but by talking nonsense. And they will apply themselves to the job with a hearty yo-heave-ho. Most of them, before the uproar is over, will actually convince themselves. The winner will be whoever promises the most with the least probability of delivering anything.
0: Isn't that exactly what every politician is? They're moral and economic imposters. Yeah. Right. They're emperors with no clothes. They're phonies. And it is our duty to ridicule them and make them the butts of our jokes. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone listening to this podcast right now, you have to understand that the state is wrong. It's illegal. It's immoral. And we have to keep them. a, A the joke that they are, we have to see them as just ridicule them at every chance you get guys like Gavin Newsom. I mean, if you really look, what is he actually offering anyone? Mm -hmm. He's a fucking joke.
2: Yeah. Did career, you see he's that a he just popul- politician? He
0: just said that he's going to spend a billion dollars <laughs> to fight homelessness in California. Didn't he say that he said <laughs> that when we lived there like 20 we, years ago. We have a billion dollars? you just blew all the <laughs> money that we had. Yeah. Now you're going to spend that money. Where's that money going to go? It's going to go to other political
2: elites. <laughs> for their homeless industrial complex. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Uh, this was a long time ago, but LA just did that. They spent they built a giant apartment complex for the homeless. Each unit which comes out to about 450 square foot it averaged out to almost 700 and seven hundred thousand dollars per unit for for a 450 450 uh square foot 100 square foot apartment in the building quarter three quarters of a million we're not talking about a
0: freestanding house yeah yeah it's it's fucking yeah no it's it's if there's nothing else that we do on this podcast and in this liberty tree movement that we're establishing it should be to ridicule the state. I would like as to, an illegal, ridiculous, silly,
2: uh, unofficial, criminal organization. I would like to add to that too. That it is not just the state. When we think of and you know, in terms of the state, that also includes. You hear us use the term the the cathedral quite a bit and the cathedral is everything. It's all these people, because they work in conjunction with each other to propel the same narratives, the same disinformation, it's the same corruption, it's the same Mm -hmm. systemic processes that keeps just like average working class, middle class families, they are trying to actively destroy everything you believe in and just the entire way that you want to go about your life is that includes celebrities and entertainers and pop culture and academia and every sports halftime show and everything on TV, every major motion picture, every TV show, all that woke nonsense. This is, it's not an accident that all these things, all the narratives are constantly going in one way. We talked about earlier <clears throat> about the idea of, you know, this whole, you know, when we read the, the Spars pandemic report, And if you go, if you tell people, like, this is pretty interesting because this played out in reality's terms almost to the teeth, you know, except for a few key examples. And and when someone calls your conspiracy theorist and just pose this question to them, say this, okay, let's say that I was part of the political elite, right? And I want to take maybe some kind of a a minute situation, blow it up, use it to my advantage, and weaponize it to apply basically a totalitarian, you know, authoritarian template a regime, a plan that I already have. Let's say I was like a psychopathic elite, right? And I want to get in the CBDC and I want to kill all the local businesses. And I want to subjugate the population and the children and you know tra- basically grow the gro- the global hegemony, all this stuff. Let's just say, you know, just a typical like world economic forum, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say I'm that guy. What would I have done differently than what already happened? Would I have done anything differently at all? Right. I mean, we got the mandated vaccines. We we destroyed the schools. We destroyed local businesses. Everything had already happened. It's to the teeth, the plan of a global psychopath. Here's the thing, though. They can't pull it
0: off without the state. No. Nope. Because the state has a monopoly on the use of force. Yep. They have a monopoly on violence. They can force us to do the things that, yep. that we don't want to do. And that's why, yes, the cathedral is the, the apparatus that supports the state. But the state is the... The thing that will come to your door right. and kill you he- now that being said like you know these gavin newsom is not in power because he has force
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's in power because people think he has force right people believe in the state people yes. believe in the apparatus this is what we talked but about if before. we re- if, if everyone in california said fuck you we're not gonna do what you tell me yeah and they just resisted the there's not enough highway patrolmen there's not enough national guards you know that the force that he has is not that strong
2: yeah even if you really get down to it yeah you brought up a good point which is something that we've talked about before and that when we talk about that the state has a monopoly on violence here's something you always have to remind yourself our society our culture everything distilled down to its natural essence it becomes an immediate reduction to violence and what i mean by that is let's say um you have to get this vax to keep your job. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I was like, you have to. It's a law. We mandated it. I'm not doing it. Well, you can't come to work. I was like, okay, now I don't have a job. And then my mortgage is due. I was like, I'm not paying that. You guys, like, or my tax. Let's say my tax bill comes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not paying you guys. Like, I can't pay my tax bill because you guys won't let me work. You took away my livelihood. I'm not going to. Pay- I'm not going to pay this tax bill. And they're going to give you a lien on your house. And then you're going to get a sermons. And it's gonna go on and on. Eventually, at the point of a gun, which is violence, you are going into a cage. And that's every that's you can you can distill that to almost every scenario in our society. Everything becomes a reduction to violence. And when the state has a monopoly on violence, that means that we have to fight back about all the shit. And we have to take we have to take apart this power structure. We have to dismantle this power hierarchy. They're yes. all just corrupt motherfuckers. Resist. We have to resist them resist (laughs) we much (laughs) but resist we much
1: we must and we will much about that be committed